You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown. And I'm here today with a great friend of mine uh, who actually lives with me. And, you know, I've run out of uh, guests to uh, bring on the show. So I've decided to bring in uh, Ben, Ben Kelly. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing around, I'm playing around. Look, ben is, uh, ben is an incredible human being. He is a successful entrepreneur. He's built a million-dollar business. Uh, he travels all over the world. He speaks on stages in front of thousands upon thousands of people. He served tens of thousands to uh, close to 100,000 of people uh, over the years. And so uh, Ben is such an inspirational character. And, uh, you know, there's so many things that I, I really appreciate about Ben. And one of them that really stands out is integrity, uh, which, you know, is very rare in this day and age. And, uh, you know, Ben has so many incredible insights. And so I've decided to bring Ben in to the podcast to share his insights with you. You know, I think that one of the big things that a lot of people struggle with is change and growth and, you know, how to apply things in their life so they can shift into a better space. And one of the things I noticed was that Ben, uh, a good six years ago, when I first met him, five years, six years ago, when I first met him, you know, he was struggling. He was down and out. He was depressed. He was a bricklayer. And he moved from that to making, you know, nearly half a million dollars uh, within a company and, and, you know, getting on stages and just building his confidence at such a rapid pace and becoming such an incredible leader. So, uh, ben, I'm so excited for you to jump in, man, and to, to share what it means to really self-develop and transform. So, thanks for jumping in today, brother. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's funny, we, we were joking before because uh, it was just, it was, it was almost like, oh yeah, we live together. It's just so simple to be able to just jump on this and, and have a chat like we normally do. Um, and thinking the listeners are probably thinking, well, well, anyone that follows you or follows me knows sort of the relationship we have. So they're probably thinking, you know what, they're sitting in the lounge room, they've just gone, let's just, let's just have a chat. But I, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently in Joel's room. Um, because there's a lot of uh, spud guns going off because we live obviously in Bali. For anyone who's who's followed us, we live in Bali and uh, we've, we're surrounded by rice fields. So Joel's upstairs. I'm currently in Joel's room and uh, we're going to rip out this podcast. It's fun. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm, thanks for having me, obviously. Hey, man, whatever it takes to make it happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beautiful. So, so, Benny, look, you know, like I said, you've uh, grown at such a rapid pace. Now, I know that you, you speak with quite a lot of people and, you know, we were just in a workshop together out here in Bali and, uh, you know, had, you had common questions that kept coming up and I think one of them was that people feel like they're just starting on this journey of, uh, you know, self-development or they've been in it for a while and they're struggling with change, you know, so, so what would you say about this, like identity, changing, shifting, like, like what's your advice around this? I think this is, this is such a big one as being able to, how do we hack our growth and growth and growing and expanding and all these sorts of words get thrown out all the time. But the only real way that we can, we can gauge that is a real noticeable change in people's behavior and their results. And obviously anyone that knows me knows I, I, I'm very pragmatic in my thinking. Uh, I want people to be able to find what points of view serve them the best in their progression and that's the only real thing that I care about is being able to see noticeable, tangible changes in people's behavior and having them start to realize that maybe some of the things that they thought were causing them changes aren't really. And having them start to disassociate themselves from those belief systems uh, in favor of ones that are actually more useful. But I think it's definitely... Uh, I, I think, and we come across these types of people and, and, and people may be listening, this may be you or someone that you know, is, is that we form this sort of identity around, well, I'm growing because I'm reading a lot. I'm watching a lot of videos. I'm going to a lot of events. I'm committed to you know, learning a lot. But it, it comes to a point where that almost becomes a crux and that leads us into this false sense of, well, I'm growing when really it's actually 
uh, I'm just using this as a crux to not grow. It's like there's a difference between growing and learning. They're two completely different things. And I think people can start to really become these event junkies, these video junkies, these following other people and liking their stuff junkies. But really, they're not moving their own needle. And it's you have to come out from under that learning rock eventually and start to be playing. And the only way you can do that is by having a difference in your actions. And uh, that for a lot of people is very hard. And uh, the scary thing for a lot of people is they have to understand that for one hour in the field equates to 20, 30 hours in the books. And that can be scary. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I think that you know, when you look at self-development, there are so many, uh, I believe, pitfalls when you start jumping in and, and comparing yourself to other people too. Like they, you can jump in and go, well, this person's over here and they're doing amazing things and maybe I have to do all of this work to be able to get where uh, they are or where they may be. And I think a lot of it's an, an illusion, really, because most people are playing or trying to play in other people's lanes. Oh, we see it all the time. People are always adopting other people's whys. We're always seeing people uh, adopt other people's values um, from what they see. I mean, I get it all the time. Like I retired, my and myself and my sister retired our mother a couple of years ago. And we start to see people see that as a very glamorous why or something we really, really valued. And they see other people uh, respecting that and then they adopt it as their own. But if it's not moving the needle and it's not allowing them to take action, it was never. It's not theirs, right? The difference is, is just I got clear on what mine was, and that was what allowed me to be able to move and what moved my sister. But we see people stray outside their lines all the time. They they see people that they really respect, um, and start to think that their clarity is going to be their cl- is is going to be the same thing that gives them clarity. And, you know, I speak to a lot of people all the time. It's like maybe your, your why isn't as glamorous as what everyone else is, like to do this, to do that. Maybe it's more simpler, but we'll be able to know what that is if it actually is getting you to change your behavior and move. Um, we're seeing a lot of people, um, for any psychology buffs out there, they're splitting. They're, they're splitting a lot of the time. And like you just said, and like you just you, you beautifully were stated before, this this comparison thing is that there's a psychological term called splitting, and it it basically means that we don't like some aspect of our behaviour, and what we do to gain back a sense of feeling good is that we hang people out to dry for taking the same actions or doing the same things, and we see that a lot. But on the on the plus side, which isn't actually a plus side, is people can split positively as well with with um, appreciation and respect and admiration for people. And what that is, is I want to show appreciation, respect and love to myself, but I'm not wanting to do that. So I'm going to give it all and thrust it on, all, all onto these people that all they're doing is expressing traits that we're capable of expressing and, and this is why I learned I, I use the term personal development very loosely is because I don't think that we're trying to breed these characteristic traits or these traits that uh, are in alignment with succeeding in what we want to do from nothing they're all ever present they're there we've just over time learned to be able to express and suppress certain traits they're there they're just if we can notice them, notice them in someone positively or negatively they're obviously there. No human being in this world is without any trait. We all hold each and every single one. But then it just becomes a game of which ones do we want to express and suppress. And uh, we're seeing people all the time uh, where we can see those things and what they actually are for them depending on who they're comparing to and, and who they're uh, maybe having negative uh, triggering from in their life it both it works both ways and they're both really good gauges for the positive things that we want to be able to express in ourselves and the things we may may want to suppress so Mm, dude that's deep that's absolutely deep now for those that are listening 
Ben uh, leads thousands of people uh, within his business. And so, you know, Ben, obviously with leading thousands of people, you're dealing with a lot of different personality types. What do you feel uh, is an effective like exercise or an effective way of thinking or perspective shift that you've implemented within your teams to get your team into action and to, to get them, you know, into getting results in your business? Yeah, so being able to get people to change is, is very hard. Um, I think it starts with us. I think if we have a hard time changing ourselves, we're, we're, we're unlikely to be able to change anyone else. So it, it, it obviously has to start with us and uh, find what works for us to be able to move, move ourselves forward. Uh, for me, again, it's always been a little bit hard for me to put a structure to the, the madness that went into my thinking that allowed me to you know, go from that bricklayer that had very low self-esteem. And, and a lot of people on this call right now are probably feeling like that's them, you know, low self-esteem, um, not feeling of low, low feelings of self-worth, um, a real discrepancy in who they view themselves to be and the ideal self that they, they fully realize that they're capable of becoming. And uh, obviously building belief is as simple as I do what I say, and it's not even I'm going to achieve what I say. It is I do what I say I'm going to do. And it could be very, very simple things to start off with and, and things that we build up from. So the first thing for me is being able to get people to, to set goals and have them start to form the habit of realizing they're doing things that they say they're going to do. Not these things that are in the distance, but really chunking it and having them realize they can achieve things in small increments and then start to work up from that. Because otherwise, it becomes very hard for people to build this level of belief if there's this goal in the distance that you can only feel a sense of belief up until that point. The other thing is, is that how do we keep people consistent? And we've become a society that has, we're really controlled by negative or positive reaffirming. And if we take a certain amount of actions that we know are required to 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 move us into a direction of where we want to be and what sort of life we want to hold. Um, and if they're not rearing the outcomes as, as frequently as we want, we start, we stop to take them because there is no reward. There's this perceived no reward in it anymore. And that's a, that's a really, really big trap. And that's what the differential uh, circumstances are between the people that go in to do what they want to do and have the level of success in what area of life they want to have success. And the people who don't is, how do they keep moving and how do they stay consistent when the results aren't necessarily coming their way as thick and fast as I'd like them to? And especially within my industry, um, you know, you build up a certain amount of no's and you're not getting the emotional response necessarily from the no's or the outcomes as fast as you want. You start to have this thing in your head where it's like, why am I going to keep doing this then? And it's like that starts to hinder people's ability to have consistency mm. over the long term. So how do we get them to start to have some sort of outcome that's not reliant upon what comes after the action? Because, again, it's just like we're being so controlled by I do this because it causes this uh, emotion or this outcome. And that's a really, really dangerous thing, especially when it comes to the game of consistency. So for me, it's we, we talk about let's have, we'll create a vision for you. Obviously, we, people create a vision for what they want and what they want to achieve. But what is the vision around who holds that, right? And for anyone who says uh, you can have all this success being yourself, they just want you to like them. That's hmm. really the truth around it is that no – you don't get to be yourself and have different. Yeah, you can ca you can carry on the positive traits you have, but there's obviously things that need to change. Otherwise, your life would be different already. So there has to be a change and you have to be uh, unreluctant to be able to go and shift things within you that aren't serving a different lifestyle. Because if you had the lifestyle you want, then you'd be there. But obviously, you're not. So there has to be things that have to change within you. How do we go and create a vision around what that looks like? What does this person look like? What can they do? What traits do they uh, live into and embody? And then we start to work out 
what are the opportunities that you've not been taking to flex those muscles in those certain traits that you know that are going to be beneficial and how are you going to show up in them differently? So for me, it's like, well, obviously I'm going to have to send out a lot of messages and do a lot of calls. Uh, the, the, the ideal self of me that holds what I want, he's capable of doing this. And it wasn't even like he was capable of set, uh, getting a lot of yeses or, or whatever or, or making this amount of money. He was just capable of doing it. Now, I knew that that was in service of the ideal self and that that's who could hold the sort of life that I wanted. And it came, it was the same thing with the public speaking. I started to do things because the outcome was the fact that I was doing them. It was serving me expanding into the identity that could hold what I wanted to be able to, to have as what my life looked like. And this is, this was both coinciding and you're very powerful when it comes to getting people to create um, a powerful vision for their life and getting very clear on their values. Yeah. And, a, and a lot of my work has been a subsidiary to, to people creating that. Mm. And it gets them to be able to do things and have the outcome be that they're simply doing because it's starting to have them step into the vision of who holds their vision. And a lot of people are trying to achieve this vision but they have no practical um, goals around creating and molding this person that's capable of holding it. They're trying to create this life, but they're not changing themselves in a way that is congruent to the type of person that's going to hold that. And so how do we start to get people to have a bit more self-love and respect when the things aren't coming their way? We start to get them to realize that there are outcomes in the actions. The outcomes are you're flexing traits that allowing you to step closer into the vision of who holds the life that you want. Now, they can start to form a little bit more love and self-respect for themselves and the fact that, you know what, yeah, I may not have gotten the yes or I may have not gotten the outcome I wanted, but I can love myself because I've just flexed some trait that I've acknowledged I need to develop and become good at and that comes with exposure. It's the same as anything. If we want to be able to go and get good with re- re- rejection, it comes with exposure. That's the only way. The only way to get good with re- re- rejection is exposure. The only way to get good with public speaking is exposure. Mm. And if you want to go and, and when they aren't coming as thick and fast, and let's just use public speaking as, as maybe a thing because it is such a fearful thing for people. Yeah. My intention for public speaking when I first got into it wasn't, I want to be good or, or bad or this or that or get another um, chance or any of these things. It was just like Ben, the vision of me, he can just simply go and step out and do this. He might be a little bit scared. He might be a little bit fearful. He might be a little bit concerned of judgment, but he can do it. And that was what got me to take the step. It wasn't I didn't need anyone to love or respect me or give me praise or anything. I knew secretly that I was stepping closer to the vision of myself by doing that. And that was, that was all I needed. And it meant that I wasn't reliant upon these, these things that came afterwards, whether or not people came up to me after the event or it led to anything else. I'd already gotten the result. I'd already gotten the outcome. And because right. I started to frame everything I did around that, it allowed me to be more consistent. It started to allow me to do things that scared me a lot more because I knew that was serviceable for an outcome that wasn't what a lot of the world are creating as far as the outcomes that they desire from the from the actions that they're taking. Mm. You know, it's funny, man. <laughs> I remember, you know, we were running an event last month in Bali and uh, some of the women after the event said that they're going to print a T-shirt and on the T-shirt it's going to say, would Ben do this? Because <laughs> when you were presenting, you're like, I asked myself the question, would Ben do this? <laughs> and, yeah. and it's so funny because it has this like catchiness to it where like think of your ultimate version of yourself, whether it's, you know, like a year from now, five years, 10 years from now, like you fully in your potential and ask yourself, would that person do this? And it's, it's like so simple, but it's so profound and so powerful. It's very simple uh, in in its thinking, but it is actually getting people to adopt that is is very hard. And I, and I do ask people to just think, and, and this is the biggest thing, even for high achievers, this is not just for people that are starting out or, or trying to create some sort of level of success. This is something that people who have reached large amounts of success are, are going to have to entertain as well. 
because this is why why are we seeing so many people with what we deem to be success so unhappy we see it all the time especially in our work is that hang on a minute why am i going to get more of that more money more accolades more of this when this person who i deem has the emotional outcomes that i desire does not have them why is that Why is that the case? Is because, you know, especially in Western society, it becomes hap- it becomes harder to be happy. We live in Bali, and we look at people around us that don't have what we have. But why do they seemingly seem more fulfilled and more content, more happy than what we do? And again, we take entertaining our potential for granted. People feel upset at the fact that they. Um, uh, maybe not feeling as good because they're not fulfilling their potential, but that's the that's a privilege of the Western world. Yeah, being able to even entertain that thought, purpose. If you're even if you're listening to this, and you are having a hard time working out your purpose and working out and 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 fulfilling your potential, that is a privilege. That is an actual real privilege. It's the top two percent of the world are even capable of entertaining that, mm. because there's a couple of things. There's this, there's this hierarchy, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And typically, you know, we, we satisfy the physiological needs to be breathing, food, water, sleep, sex. You know, that's a massive requirement for me, obviously. Um, <laughs> <I don't, laughs> no, um, you know, being able to excrete safety needs, security and body, employment, uh, you know, your family, health, property, whatever it is, you, you've got a roof over your head. Love, belonging, you know, your friendships, your family. Where a lot of us are meeting those sorts of needs, esteem, esteem needs, uh, you know, some sort of level of achievement. And these are the top two, typically, that become very hard for the Western world to be able to fulfill. And yeah, it does become harder to, to gain a sense of happiness and, and uh, self-worth. But at the same time, we're very lucky to be even in that position, Right, so it comes to the point where, well, why are the top, you know, two percent of achievers still not happy? Is because now we just have to keep entertaining this thing around self-actualization and fulfilling our potential, and that's the only real thing that's going to start tickling our fancy. Right, and a lot of these high achievers come to a point where it's like, I've already achieved so much. Am I going to have to keep reinventing? Yeah, yeah, you are. That is just the privilege of of the Western world is the fact that we even get to entertain that mm. and that and and entertaining uh, a deciding of an identity that we want to to stretch into right. and going to work to fulfill that is the only thing that's going to start to really fulfill our need. It's 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 the last one on the hierarchy, but it's also the hardest to obtain. But if you're at a point where you're even entertaining that, congratulations, you're better off than ninety eight percent of the rest of the world. Wow. Hear that, guys? You're in the top two percent right I'm now. If a, you, I'm making a stat up. That's like stat. I, I think <laughs> it's. I think it's. I think it's a fair call and pretty close. Like to be yeah. honest, the top two percent. Like seriously, it's and you know the top one percent. That's an even smaller bracket, and you know that's what a lot of people are obviously striving for, especially if they're addicted to success. But you know, it's interesting that you brought up this thing around. You know, like in the Western world, we have this, and this is privilege, and I absolutely believe it. Uh, I remember reading a story, uh, it was probably a few months back, of a guy that went to Africa. And he was in this village and he asked these kids, he was like, uh, if you could achieve anything and, and like have your ideal day and live really like in the ultimate version of yourself, what would you do? And this little girl was like, I would go and bring something like five uh, buckets of water back for my village. And he's like, no, 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 you could do anything. And she's like, that's what I would do. Because right now, like for her, it would be like one bucket or whatever it may be. And that was like the biggest she could think. Just based off her environment, you know, her reference points in her mind, her beliefs that she had and everything. And he was like, no way. You know, like it wasn't like, hey, I want to go off and be a Nobel Prize winner. Or I, you know, want to, uh, you know, be like a Martin Luther King or, you know, like a, uh, you know, singer like Aretha Franklin or whatever it may be. It was just like straight up five buckets of water for my village. And... Uh, you know, it was beautiful. It was a heart of service and everything, but it just shows like, what are you doing in your own environment and what are you exposing yourself to to expand your mind? 
because so many people are getting distracted by other people's visions, other people's, you know, content and things of that nature. And so like what we're doing is we're limiting our own space by not going out there and actively researching and studying and putting time into really wanting to understand our industry, our space and what passionately lights us up. Yeah. I mean, that's powerful. And again, other people's theory, uh, theories, unless they're very pragmatic and, they, and they're useful and serviceable, great. But a lot of time, they're not because they're getting this social esteem. I love it. And I love that Benny has this pragmatic approach. Like, you know, I speak to a lot of different entrepreneurs and like everyone has a, like a different kind of angle. And I love that what you do in it, which works really well, is like you ask that question of what is this useful? Oh, end of the day, is this information useful? Am I going to use it or not? And you encourage so many people to do that. And, you know, I think that ultimately, uh, I remember this, this quote by Elbert Schweitzer. He says, the tragedy of life is what dies inside a man while he lives. Right. So how do we yeah. ultimately live in our potential? Like if we're wasting our time all the time, we're not really living each and every day. It's slowly dying inside of us. Yeah. Pragmatism, I think, is lost on a lot of people, especially in this world right now. I mean, how many people are constantly offended? Like we live in there's never been a time where people are more offended. <laughs> I get, I, I'm getting a feeling of where this may be going. <laughs> oh, I mean, look, it's just people just need to question this. It's like, do I want to live a life that's just so offended? Does being offended feel good? No. But people are just, I, I just hope for, other, for more people to adopt pragmatism because it's, it's, it's just, I, again, even me saying that, is just like hopefully it's useful, but obviously it, it may not be useful at the same time. It's very hard to be able to be consistent and, and congruent within pragmatism because obviously there's things that you think are very useful and that you want to be attached to. But at the end of the day, if it's moving people forward, then and it's noticeable, then that's what it is. And I always talk to my team, my team and, and and other people. I'm like, look, I, I'm just giving options, and these options have worked for me. But I will question people's. Uh, theory if, if there's if there's no movement right yeah and, and that's a you know that's another thing I remember I was saying before I was watching Denzel Washington and he was sharing this in a speech he said that don't mistake movement for progress you know so many people are like moving and they're like oh yeah I'm growing but they're not really there's nothing progressing like you could look a year back and go oh I haven't grown I remember looking at some of my um, you know my interviews I interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk four years ago and I, I remember seeing it recently and I kind of was like laughed at myself and I think that if you can't laugh at yourself, <laughs> then you haven't grown fast enough, right? Like look back three months from now, six months from now, nine months from now, have you grown, right? Have you stepped into your potential? Have you challenged thought? And, and the thing that I love about you too, Ben, uh, it's a huge thing is that you challenge quite often. You know, I have obviously like a Christian worldview, believe in God, and you challenge me with like hundreds of questions, right? To the point where it's like, oh, I get it. Like I get where you're at, right? And uh, you know, you go in and you, you challenge like your, your students, you challenge your team members, uh, you challenge other people that are your peers that are on your level and even challenge your mentors to, to really stimulate. And I, I really feel like from an outside point of view, I see that and go down. That's, that's one of the key reasons why you grow so much in what you do is you challenge it to the point where you want to find out at the core, is this thing useful? And if it is, you really bring it on, take it on. And it's, it's awesome to see. Yeah, look. Again, and the people have a hard time with that, and it's not from like a place of like I need to. I'm, I'm trying to be right. I think it's 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 a powerful thing for um, to have that challenge because either it strengthens your belief or it changes to one that's more useful. There's no there's no negative that can come from your thought process being challenged. And again, like I asked you a lot of those questions, so I firstly so I can understand. You know, obviously, you want to be able to un understand the people around you because, you know, I, I care about you and I care about the people around me. I want to understand what makes them tick and what they, why they care so deeply for what they care for. And if you have this idea of like, I'm searching for what's most useful and what's going to cause me progress, you, you become less attached to what it is, right? So, again, if someone comes to me and, and they bring relevant information um, that I feel that that is going to cause me progression or i think has more consistency again that's fantastic i'll i'll adopt that but if it doesn't then what i've decided is useful to me is is holding sway and that's powerful and that's what people need to need to want for people is i want progress and this is what a lot of coaches won't do they they really want to be like it's like 
I just want progression and I want noticeable progression mm-hmm. as a person. And, um, and again, sometimes that's, that, that's going to come with a little bit of a challenge and giving up being liked sometimes, you know, and uh, that's a scary thing for a lot of coaches is like this necessity to be liked all the time. Right. And it's like I say to a lot of my – and obviously create a context around it. It's like I can, I can be compassionate to your excuses or I can be compassionate to your goals, and, but I can't be both. Which one do you want me to be? <laughs> and, and we create and, – and they adopt that that's the case and I act as their potential. And – that's an interesting thing where we did an exercise at the event, but I'm probably going off tangent here. But I said to people, if you had a conversation with your potential and you came up with all these excuses and all these things that you think hinder you, what do you think your potential would say back to you? And it was interesting for people to have to ponder that, like as if your potential is going to go, oh, no, that makes sense. That's cool. I get it. No worries. <laughs> no, your potential would go, I don't care, to every single one of them. Yeah. To every single thing that you said that's happened in your life that is a reason for you not to progress, your potential does not care. It doesn't care. It doesn't know what those things are. It only knows you progressing and moving as a person. That's it. It doesn't know any of that stuff. So for you to go and talk to your potential and go, well, this and that and that and this, but this person, this, this person did this to me, this happened to me, this, that, your potential doesn't care, right? And to have to be confronted with that, and to be placed in 100% ownership is scary. But it's, it's also the same level of it, – it's the most amount of freedom that you're ever going to experience is when you take ownership. Well, you know, it's interesting. I think that um, when you have good people around you, what they do is they remind you of your potential. You know, like we have people like Emil Steenveld around us. We know Preston Alexi and you've got your, your beautiful sister, Peter Kelly. And you know, we have a lot of incredible people around us that are con- consistently lifting the bar. And, you know, we lift the bar some days and they lift the bar some days too. It's like sometimes you're down and you're going through it. And when you see them lifting the bar, it inspires you too because what they're doing is they're reminding you of your potential. And we call each other out. Like that's just the type of friendship that we have is we call each other out because we know we can see each other's potential. It's funny because I think that other people can sometimes see it better or even more than you do. And what I um, remember, I was listening to this old Zig Ziglar tape and he said something like, when you catch a glimpse of your potential, that's when passion is born. And I remember hearing that years ago and like hearing it and just going like, damn, I started paying attention to my potential. And the whole conversation shifted within me of like, what is my potential? What could I create? What is my vision? Like, what is possible? Just like you do, like, what would Ben do, right? Would Ben do this? Like, it's it's like if you could bring your self-talk back to that it's gonna be such a game changer for you like if you're listening right now like that's it like the potential like ben is going all in right now on potential that's how he's growing so quickly that's and he's surrounded himself with people that also remind him of that and he's got into the habit of telling himself that what you're doing right now is awesome there's a hell of a lot more that we can create here yeah and as you know, the thing that you just mentioned before, it's like you need to be have the, able to have those eyes, but have those eyes do it for uh, from the right place. It is way easier to be able to, to to sit on the outside and spot things in other people. It is harder. It's the funny thing where you, you can you can easily coach people and be able to spot these things, and then have <laughs> these blind spots. You've you've teach the same thing, but then you've not spotted the same thing and how you're showing up, and right. you do need those. You do need those types of people around you. And a lot of times, and even with my mentors, um, what caused my a lot of my growth was I had a mentor that used to piss me off a lot. And <laughs> because he was just flaring my ego. This is, my, was, this, was this David Wood? Yeah. David T.S. Wood? Yeah. Dave. I used to remember sitting there and I was just like, I'd be, I'd be pissed off for maybe 10, 15 minutes, but then I at least had the ability, and this is what most people don't have, is I had the ability to go, ooh, what is that flaring up? What are you attached to? Um, let's have a look at that. Dave, it would have shown up some other way if it had not have been Dave. So I can't blame Dave, right? It he, would just, have shown- he just brought it up earlier. <laughs> I'm not going to pit. Yeah, it, it just, he, he, he shined a light on something, right? And then I, I saw it as like a pathway to freedom. I was like, okay, so you need, there's something that's going to flare you up. How often do you want to be flared up by that? Let's go have a look at that. Let's change that. What are you attached to? What part of your identity are you attached to? What are you clinging to? What are you trying to defend? Is it, serving, is, is it serving you? Has you hit a nerve because maybe you actually do feel like that about yourself? 
and you're just wanting to not be able to, you know, own up to it. And a lot of time that was the case. And that was powerful for me. That was really, really powerful for me was to be able to have that shine of light. But did it feel good a lot of time? No. It's very easy to go, oh, that person's a dick. It's very easy, especially these coaches, right? It's, oh, they're dick. It's very easy to do I love that. How, I love how much of the Aussiness you're bringing to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the dick. <laughs> it's easy to do that. I mean, you've got to catch yourself doing that. And, and there's obviously been times of the years where I've done that because it's contradicted, um, you know, my thought processes. But again, with this whole growth thing, a lot of time it doesn't feel good. Like a little, little parts of you are dying, little parts of your identity that have allowed you to get to where you are safely are, are, are slowly dying. And it does feel, yeah. it doesn't feel good. Like it really doesn't feel good. And a lot of growth and a lot of success doesn't feel good. It feels like little mini deaths of an identity that's allowed you to get here. And, and again, if, if we talk about, and I try to simplify people's fears a lot of the time around, there's only one fear. We can talk about rejection and stuff like, you know, all these fears that people have, success, failure, all, of, all those fears, they all come under one umbrella and it's loss of self. And it's a loss of identity uh, or loss of physical self. And the, the loss of identity means that you edge closer to log- a loss of phys- physical self. So what's been able to allow you to get this point? Because you know that you're alive right now. What, what has allowed you to get to this point is the identity that's right now. So if that gets changed or that gets threatened or that's, that gets questioned, then there's some little part of us that goes, oh, no, threat. That means it's closer to death. And... Typically, it flares up in our identity first, and it's just it's just a survival mechanism. And, and, and it's such a subconscious thing too, isn't it? It's, it's operating from your unconscious, and most of the time, people don't know that they're doing it. And that's a trick: is just being able to have this this awareness around it all. And that's a powerful thing to be able to simplify our fears, because we can go, "Oh, geez, I've got so many fears. I'm going to have to get rid of all these fears." Well, it, it's easier to go and make it one and it's like well the loss of self and the identity that i've created around myself now this is the this is the hard thing this is this is why it's hard is because the ui right now has allowed you to survive up until this point but it's not going to allow you to thrive so you're going to have to little parts of you're going to feel like well my my survival was threatened at the possibility of thriving more where am I going to want to take that risk? And you're going to have to, if you want that. Mm-hmm. And little parts of you and your identity are going to have to fall by the wayside in service of something different. Is that going to feel good? No. And it's like with rejection, that's a powerful one because, you know, if, if you've not had to face too much rejection and you've formed this identity around, well, I, I don't get rejected often. Imagine having to go out and get rejected all the time. Well, that's threatening the identity. Yeah. judgment too like when someone judges it's like oh they're judging me a part of myself that i haven't accepted therefore this means that my identity that i've held is now compromised absolutely so what's the key man is it is it accepting these parts of yourself to the point where when someone says something it's like oh i'm totally that like i know i'm that cool i've done it i've been in that experience before yeah most of us have been you you did that um Oh, what was it? It was an exercise in one of the events that we were speaking at and it was like owning every part of yourself, the dark and the light. And you went through like the times that you've like showed like darker traits or negative traits or what was perceived negative traits and then positive ones too. And I thought that was so powerful, man. Yeah. And again, comes back to express and suppressed. It's, we're not without. And it's the same with like finding a partner. And I, I mentioned this before. It's like, if I write a list of all the traits that I want in a partner, I have to be equally okay with the opposites. They may be a slightly bit suppressed, but they're still prevalent and they'll show up at times. Yeah. That's, we're, not, we're not without that. And it's delusional and an and, and, and unfair expectation on ourselves and on everyone else to think that they have diminished p- traits that you may deem undesirable, but they flare up at times. They, if they're majority, if they're a majority trait that flares up that you're not, that you're not finding admirable, then yeah, that's an issue. But to think that they're not going to show up at times is 
is an unfair expectation as as a human being because we're ultimately here to experience everything right on that note let's talk about this because i think this is actually really uh really interesting and very much so needed uh partner relationship yeah, I was speaking with one of my friends. I'm not going to mention who he is, but you know, well-known <laughs> entrepreneur. You know, did really. He's done really well in life, and it's crazy because I think we all, like a lot of us that are playing at a high level, that are single entrepreneurs as males right now, uh, and I guess females too would be feeling the same way. Is like, how much do I accept in my own circle without compromising the vision and the mission and the dream and the business and all that too, right? You know, when you're spending time with someone. That's a really valuable thing. Time is worth way more than money because it's so fleeting, never comes back, right? So like for you, Benny, I mean, what's your decision? Because I know you've been single for, any single ladies, why are you listening? (laughs) 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 You've been single for, I I don't know, five years now? Yeah. Five years. So I mean, as an entrepreneur, like what's your experience? Because I know you're going through a lot of growth. There are a lot of people listening right now that are either in a relationship that are maybe uh, challenged or struggling with this whole, you know, being entrepreneurs and holding a relationship. But then you also have single entrepreneurs that are like, man, when's my, you know, when am I going to meet my woman or meet, you know, my my queen or my boo or whatever you want to call it, right? That's (laughs) that can play that by my, you know, that can be by my side or I can support her and her vision and she supports me in mine. So what's your what's your experience? Oh, again, this is such a contentious topic because everyone can have an opinion on this. Climb into the Every- mind of Ben. <laughs> Everyone's, everyone can have an opinion on this because they've been in one or they know people that have been in one, they've watched them. Uh, it, it's, it's probably the biggest topic, um, and, and we've spoken about it, that people really love to entertain the idea of or to learn about is relationships and obviously yeah i have been you know single for five years uh i i still have a good relationship with my ex i get along with her fiance fantastically well um so i had to to have been a real uh successful relationship but at the point in time i was just i was an emotional um burden i guess you could say i was just emotionally unstable and i I get to go to work to understand myself better so i wasn't an emotional um dependent person on my on my spouse and that was just something that i decided for me again as part of my identity it's like i wanted to be able to be emotionally intelligent that was going to take time and that was going to take time for me to be with myself and get happy with myself and stand on my own feet and uh when i do get in a relationship uh with someone that we're, we're coexisting and uh, you know, I make ha- me happy for me and they make them happy for them. And uh, we're not each other's jobs. Our jobs are not to make, we're just, you know, in service of each other and in our progression. And, but at the same time, I mean, we hear this all the time, you know, you're never going to grow so much and learn so much about yourself as when you're in a relationship. Yeah. But that's not good enough to just go, well, I'm going to get into this relationship, even though I know it's right for me. I'm probably going to learn a lot. Again, one of my things is like alignment is everything. That's paramount. That's number one. That's the priority is alignment. And again, I've decided for me and my life, and especially when it comes to this, that uh, I want better than the 95% and of the population. And I feel like 95% of the population, because of uh, insecurities, fears, safety um, desires, is causing them to, to get into relationships. And I didn't want that to ever be the reason why I got into something. I, I honestly, and this is what frustrates people, and this will fr- frustrate people because people won't want this to be them. But I feel like the majority of the population are in an ego meets ego relationship cloaked as a soul meets soul. And because it's it's romantic and we all, we all uh, you know, most of the society has subscribed to the romantic notion that's been fed to us through media and songs and all those things. Again, lack drives uh, consumerism. Uh, we found not being relationship to be one of the biggest reasons for people to go and fill a void by buying this, buying that, changing this, changing that. That's just a large reality around it. But I think that the relationships are born out of fear and insecurities and that's ultimately what's going to be the end of them because this person has now given me validation and, and relevancy 
um, is taking away insecurity and safety needs, I feel good. And it is less specific around who it is and more about what they represented. And I don't want my partner to represent anything. I want it to be because it's them. I don't want them to be filling a role or, or doing a job for me. And I don't want it to be born out of ego or be born out of fear or insecurities. I want it to be born out of true connection. And this is what happens when you subscribe to this is that you are required to have a little bit more patience because you want, you want better and you hold yourself yeah. to a high standard. But you've filled yourself up to a point where you can afford that patience. You're not getting forced into relationships that are not yours. Right. And again, this is a very masculine way of being able to look at things. But I, I do feel, and, and, and people have felt like I'm cynical. And I'm not cynical. I just feel like I'm new age romantic where I want a true romantic connection more than anything. But I would rather be alone then settle for something that has been born out of fear or insecurity. Yes. yes. Dude, you know, it's, it's interesting. I remember Jay Shetty recently saying, being in a relationship won't complete you and being single won't kill you. And it's yeah. so true. It's like the people think it's the end of the world, right? And it's like, you know, I'm, I've got like lots of clients that come to me uh, for coaching and they're like, hey, Joel, you know, I'm feeling really down and out. I'm feeling sad because, you know, I'm, I want a relationship and so on. And I always ask him, are you where you really desire to be in your life and do you feel you're ultimately fulfilled in doing the things you love to do irregardless of a relationship right now and the answer like literally 99% of the time is no and then I'll say well look the truth is if you want something you must become it in order to match it right like what you want and what you desire can't be just given to you without you giving it in a fair exchange like you have to become that yourself and and so i remember you know i shared a quote the other day i said if you're single right now don't be sad use this time to build your dreams with focus so you can meet a partner who has also worked enough to understand what it means to live in their potential right and so like so many people are in this rush in this rush and i know you know when it comes to relationships even dating if you're listening right now and you're dating time reveals all Right, A really powerful thing if you're an entrepreneur right now that I feel like works really well is, you know, you don't drop this obviously on the first date. You're not trying to go too heavy into it. But, you know, ask the person that you're, you know, starting to see, like, ask them, what's your five-year vision? Like, where do you see yourself in five years from now? Some people just can't answer that. They haven't even thought about it. And it, maybe it's a great question to get them on a good foot. But, you know, when they share kind of their vision and what they value most and then you share yours, it's going to clearly, it's going to outline very quickly where you're both at and where you want to head. Uh, and so you can be sexually like in it and physically attracted and all the, you know, good feels are going on, the chemicals are going off. But eventually that conversation is going to have to come up anyway around values and vision because that's the ultimate. That's kind of like the long run thing. Uh, and I know, you know, Ben, you and I talk about this often around, you know, um, people that we meet and other entrepreneurs we know that are dating. It, it seems to be a thing where we start to have a very high standard around your business and you know to bring it into like your relationships and because everything's touching everything it's like you also want that as well and it's i know you have this thing where you like you don't like the word balance what's the word that you like harmony harmony there you go right so it's like how do you find that harmony in all of it and i think that you know being wise around the relationship thing is very important yeah a, a big part of my growth and everything like we we're talking before was the fact that i was i was fairly ruthless with with managing my environment uh, I wasn't a charity case and I wasn't a social climber. And we see a lot of people do this. We, we see it all the time is that people were social climbing. This person has got this network, you know, this following. Let's share each other's stuff. But at the end of the day, you need a vibe. Right. And, and, and their messages are skewed. But because there's something to gain, let's, I just never sacrificed on that. It was just less important. It was just, I, I, again, it's just integrity and alignment. If I did that, then my question, my integrity would be questioned, and I just was not going to be have that thrown up uh, as a as a possibility. So for me, it was just all, you know, it really, you know, who are the people aligning with me with their values and their traits and their level of in, uh, high levels of integrity. And again, it's not like this person is better than that person or anything like that, but it was just. Like I just wasn't hanging around anyone out of out of charity, out of and sacrificing my alignment for some potential 
gain. And again, like I said, it was the same thing. I said no to speaking in front of 6,000 people not long ago because I wanted to talk on a topic that I could have done. I could have done a good job at, but I didn't feel congruent at that point in time talking about. So I said, no, was it good for business? Yeah. Was it good for my notoriety? Yeah, probably. But was it good for my alignment and my congruency and my integrity? No. Mm. And, and that was just never sacrificing on that and doing the things when not, no one else was watching. And again, it was just, I, I made sure the people that I was around was really congruent with, with the vision and I was congruent to theirs. And, and that has to be the same for your partner. And it's just being unwilling to, to, to bend to that. You know, there's, there's so many people out there. There's so many people that are going to be in alignment and, and congruent to you and taking up the space with people that are not close to that is just, you're not allowing the space for those people to really come in and and find you, you know, but that also comes back to you really putting your vision out there. Like you have to, and you'll be able to really have those people be more attracted and, and you'll be acting as the you know, the light tower for that to happen. But if you're blocking the light tower with other light towers that are not <laughs> meant to be around you, then they can, they can never find you. So mm. I, I think this is why we've had such a good relationship and we've, we've got such a great environment around us where we never feel forced into taking opportunities that are out of our alignment or um, forming relationships that may be ser- like of use, but completely out of alignment with our message and our values yeah. i think that's again that's something that me that's why me and you are great friends because we we share that yeah right Amen, so brother. and that has to be the same within a relationship um again but this is a luxury afforded to people who have gone to work to love themselves you know this level of patience comes with i'm really i really appreciate myself i have great relationships around me in the form of you and uh, my family and friends and a lot of the traits that I would make up from a spouse and the love that I get from like I being made up from the people around me. And I've done a great job with that. And I pat myself on the back for that. Um, but it also means that you're less likely to, to jump into things. And again, I'm not a relationship expert. I've, I've got intimacy issues. Um, <laughs> I, I like that I'm aware of. Um, I'm, I'm really, um, this year has been about creativity to, to really, uh, bend into more of a you know my my feminine and again not sort of just be like oh, i can talk about my emotions but he really is guys he's doing some interior <laughs> design he just bought a cactus the other day and uh he's getting into oils as well <laughs> and we just got a little female puppy dog out here in bali that ended up on the doorstep that ben picked up and decided to bring in and uh he's definitely stepping into his feminine <laughs> this uh, big burly uh masculine aussie bloke with tattoos on him that loves to ride motorbikes and <laughs> do crazy stuff yeah he's really in his fam <laughs> it's it, I'm, a, I'm i'm all up in my fam right now i'm exploring that <laughs> um i'm loving it uh it's again you know i just acknowledge like a big weakness it was just i was so lopsided masculine i knew that if i was going to be able to have successful relationships even with the people that are around me right now that i couldn't function from that heavy space and all the time it's it's it was just not healthy. It was just not what it was meant to be. A good, a good um, mix of the two is is very healthy, and I had to start to entertain that um, a bit more. And again, me straying out of the masculinity was a safety thing. Um, it was a threat, and being in this creative flow and and allowing of of emotions and thoughts and feelings to be able to express themselves out into the world was um, you know a bit scary to the masculine because right. you, you you're less in control. And uh, that was something that I, I had to do uh, and I'm still entertaining. And obviously intimacy things, I understand that I have to, I'm, I'm learning into those things as well. Not an not a area of expertise as, as I said before, but I don't want it to, you know, impact my, my future relationships or the relationships I have around me. So you just have to be self-analytical about what you want to do and where you want to change and why you want to change it. Um Right. And, and, and go to work. And I, I just, it might not have been affecting the relationships now, but I didn't want it to maybe play into, into, into a future relationship that I'd spent so much time being patient for mm. only to have not 
attended to that aspect and, and, and not have that come into fruition because my future partner's love language could be things that are heavily related to, to strong intimacy traits and I need to be able to, you know, live into those and, and embody them, not just live into them, but it, it start to embody them um, to be able to account for that. So, um, you're, you're such a you're such a sensitive new age guy, Benny. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be. I, I snag. <laughs> I just think people like people subscribe to to social success indicators, and it makes them get into stuff that are not theirs. Relationships, right. jobs, roles, this that is because they're so they're subscribing to social success indicators, and I just I just told myself one day as I refuse to subscribe to these things. I like get married, have kids, uh, do this, um, have the house, this car, like be dictated to and controlled by social success indicators that the most people subscribe to. I was like, I'm never really going to be in control. I'm never really going to be choosing things for me. And it was just having that clarity. And again, it's just, if I get into a relationship, it's not because of any other reason than a true authentic connection but uh, I'm really, I'm really happy with with where I'm at um, as a person to to not jump into things that that aren't aren't meant for me. Great insight. That's powerful stuff. So Benny, just in five like bullet points, real quick, five things that you believe people should they could either be principles or perspective uh, views or uh, actions that people really should apply in their life now to truly transform rapidly and to step into their potential and to really truly uh, self-actualize just five things just to, for them to remember as we wrap up this uh this interview yeah uh stay stay in your lane i know we hear it all the time people don't understand how important that is again understanding your values and truly understanding your values is beyond important in staying in your lane it really is um alignment Alignment should be number one, priority above everything. Mm. Alignment needs to be priority above everything else. Uh, do things, do things, start to do things that you do even if no one was watching. Yes. Actions for you. Actions are things for you that are going to get no applauds, right? But they're in service to the vision for yourself, your ideal self. What would your ideal self do? And maybe that's something for, for this week is that you know that you've got things you need to be doing and maybe you've been circling around, right? Do them, not because you, you need an outcome from them. Do them because the ideal self can. That's it. And be happy with that. Tap yourself on the back for just doing what you said you're going to do, not expecting the outcomes, and celebrate yourself for the, for the mere fact that you did that because that's just taking you a step closer to your ideal self and that ideal self can hold the level of success or the life that you want. It's, just, it's as simple as that. Do it without, and this is again, we need to fall in love with the process and that's one of the most healthy ways of being able to fall in love with the process is finding an outcome that comes from the doing. And again, if the outcome is I step closer to my ideal self and realizing a potential, that's massive. That's not a small win. That's a massive win. Massive. Don't down, don't downplay that. Um, and what time frame do they have for that? What would you recommend? Just, just stop overthinking it. Just do it, do it to love yourself a little bit more. Don't like if it's got something to do with rejection or, or taking on a meeting or making a call or putting a post up or doing something. Do it not because of the likes or because of the yeses or the callbacks or the thing. It's just do it because the ideal self that you envision for yourself can. Do it this week. Start to make that a habit. Start to give yourself some reward in the doing and stop getting so heavy on yourself for what comes afterwards because that, the results will come with consistency, but you need to learn how to be able to con to be consistent. And this thought process has allowed me to stay consistent in my growth, even when the things that came afterwards may have not gone my way. But the more consistent I was, the more the things went my way. Mm. It's just how do you keep yourself in the game and not relying upon needing the outcomes to go your way all the time? with being able to get an outcome every single time from the doing. Yes. So if people can embody that, I think that'll be powerful. And very, one very more. Powerful. One more. You got one more, bro. Um, 
keep your levels of integrity again even when people aren't watching it's another it's another thing is it's a practice right integrity it's, it's, is a practice we're talking about it today yeah integrity is a practice and sometimes it needs to get fled and in a way that's maybe not going to progress you in the moment but practicing that integrity is going to go a long way to people trusting you in the long run i'm going to go back to to using that that story i mentioned to you before yeah i didn't take up a speaking role in front of six thousand people yes it would have been good for uh, for business yes it would have been good for notoriety to get to get some film and get to get more um appreciation yes it would have been good, good for all those things but you know what it was fantastic for people being able to trust that i'm in integrity and i won't just do things for progression i will do things that are incongruency and that means that they're more likely to want to do business with me so was that a setback? No. Was me turning down 6,000 people talk a, no, a setback? No. It was great for me saying no. Sounds like a setup for long-term success. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, everything's built from trust. The more experiences people see, uh, know, that, uh, know from you and the fact that you act in integrity that may not go in your favor, acting in integrity may not progress you. It will, it will in the long run. Sometimes you just have to take little hits. Right, so <clears throat> that is is powerful. It'll allow you to sleep at night, and it's just forming that um, reputation around the fact that you know you're going to do the right thing by people. You're gonna you're gonna do things that are in alignment and congruency, and people need to have this sense of trust. There's so many people out there. So many things out there. So many things out there. How do you know that this is right? This is the case. Yeah. Well, look, I, I get that. I understand that. I feel the same way. I question that about people all the time. And I have to question that about myself and I have to go and act in accordance. And I think if you're, if you're in, in my world or the, or the coaching world or any sort of world, any sort of line of business is that building up a reputation for, for being in integrity and sometimes saying no to things is, is powerful again. And, and also maybe one thing to one thing today is for this week is what can you say no to getting good with saying no to things is one of the biggest things for me is being able to say no. What do I need to say no to? Because mm. saying no to something means saying yes to something. And typically that's, again, saying no to people, saying no to meaning because it's not beneficial, saying no to this, saying no to that. They're almost as beneficial as the yeses you you, you mm -hmm. take on. Yep, yep. So, Amen, brother. I love it, man. Keep preaching. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. I love it. I love it. So, Benny, uh, where can we find you online? What's your Instagram handle? Where can we see your content? Share that with uh, with the listeners. I mean, you only really need to go to Joel's Instagram. I mean, I'm floating around there. The <laughs> ta I tag him in these like really funny videos. So it's funny because a lot of people say like they love following Emil Steenveld, um, Ben Kelly and I because we they have like three different perspectives and it's like a reality TV show on our Insta stories. So, um, but Ben's, uh, your your uh, Instagram page, bro. You go all in on the content. You, yours looks sleek. You 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 got some really useful stuff on there too. So, guys, check. I try. Out. I mean, I try to. I got a, I got a lot of I got a lot of smart people around me. I got to try and you know keep up with that value. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, underscore underscore Ben James underscore. I know. I Such didn't, a confusing I didn't, one. I, I know. I didn't get on the Instagram. <laughs> Um, bandwagon at to begin with i was very slow to the social media game so right, right. Uh, underscore underscore ben james underscore and, ben and james, james is his middle name guys so like ben kelly is his actual name and then like ben james is his middle name so that's why yeah. he's got the ben james yeah my branding my branding's all over the joint obviously i'm not a branding expert i'm gonna so. have to school you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so funny. but yeah guys so just over on uh on there you'll be able to find me through joel's platforms as well we we poke fun of each other i mean again and one of those other things i'll add to it have fun this stuff's not meant to be serious it's meant to it's meant to be enjoyable uh -huh. a lot of the time right none of us get out of here alive so have fun while you're here <laughs> no, no that's absolutely it. that's it so benny we end every interview with this last question and i just want to say thanks a million for jumping on man and for making this an actionable episode too big love brother uh, we end every interview with this last question. And the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Oh, you've asked me that question before. It was tough. Um, I'd probably say something it's like, 
<laughs> like like you're welcome or something like that. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> something bad, something a bit funny, something a bit bantery. Look, I'd want to go. I, I hopefully the people around me have, have have formed you know good memories. I've either made them laugh or I've been of use to them and, and and made them feel good. I think we'd probably just have a bit of a laugh and a bit of a share of memories together if I was on my deathbed. Um, nothing too serious. This whole thing's a game. This whole thing called life's a game. I ain't out here trying to take it too seriously. So. I don't know. I'm going to have to have a good think about that because that stumps me, that one. Last time, I, last time you asked me, I said people were probably fed up from listening to me talk. This guy, wait, wait a minute, guys. This guy's a man of many words. He could literally talk the legs off a chair and now he is stumped. This is a first. I'm telling you it's a first. <laughs> oh, man, you got good questions. This is the thing, guys. Uh, Joe asked a lot of good questions and a lot of times I don't have the answers to him. That's why I put myself around him. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Let's leave it at that, man. Beautiful stuff. Guys, have fun. Have a laugh. Don't take life too seriously. Benny, thanks a million for jumping on, man. Appreciate it, man. Love you. You too.